The views, information, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the speakers and do not represent Holding Short Media nor any organization that the speakers have been, currently are, or will be affiliated with. Welcome to the Holding Short Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Matheson. Today, we are joined by Carly Barker. As the daughter of an original super commuter, the aviation bug hit early for Carly Barker. Growing up, she was able to watch float planes and water bombers touch down on the lake by her childhood home, as well as attend the Shearwater International Air Show year after year. As a teenager, she even scored an overseas flight reservation simply to fly on the Queen of the Skies. As a creative, during her time studying in visual arts and graphic design, Carly set her goals early on to become a visual storyteller utilizing her skills in design and photography and to work her way into the aviation industry. Starting with illustrating aircraft as a hobby, Carly invested in a super telephoto lens and began photographing aircraft. Today, she regularly does this and photographs aircraft and operations for the PAL group of companies. Carly currently works as a marketing designer at CartNav, a PAL aerospace company. I truly cannot be more excited to have her join me today. Welcome, Carly. Hey. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm happy to be here. Yes, you have been on our list of guests for quite a while, and so I'm really glad that we were able to make this work and that we get to see a part of aviation that has not been showcased before on our show. I'm pretty excited to be here to talk about it. So we will jump right on in then. How did you get your start in aviation? Um, I've always actually been uh, interested in aviation. Uh, Well, you know, since as uh, far as I can remember, my dad was an original super commuter, so he would like hop on Canadian Airlines actually at the time and fly out on a Tuesday and then to Toronto and then fly back to Halifax on a Thursday. And I think that's kind of where it started for me. Yeah. And um, we lived like we live in like a like a water drone area growing up. So we would have flow plates come by every now and then, which was pretty cool. And I think like all of it sort of just steered me towards like this aviation bug. And then I would go to the Shearwater Air Show and it was just like even more of something that would just grow this passion for aviation. And it's it's something that sort of like stuck with me. And in relation to uh, like getting into the industry, after I graduated as a designer, um, I just sort of set my sights on wanting to work in aviation and just kept looking for the jobs and eventually came across one. It's amazing to me how many of our guests have the experience of a parent traveling or being a young traveler themselves that just sort of solidifies aviation. I think it's that really early exposure as maybe an under 10 kid for most most people that work in aviation that is that initial spark. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, you know, I, I've heard similar stories. So it's like, oh, it's awesome, you know. So you went to that air show too, that's crazy. And, you know, it's like knowing from like being like this wee little kid, like who the snowbirds were and, you know, growing up with like sea kings flying by and things like that. Like it's, it's just the military and the, and the, the um, general and the commercial aviation all just sort of like being there and sort of inspiring you. Mm-hmm. No, and you sometimes sort of see it air shows or really any air demonstration they'll there's usually some photo of kids 
Right. And they'll say something like, oh, like future aviators. And <laughs> you, you sort of see that you think, okay, it's, it's tweed, it's been overdone. But no, it's, it's very true. You, it, is? it really does seem to be those air shows with your parent or a family friend that really help sort of solidify, wow, planes are cool. How do I get involved in this? And maybe I need to be slightly kinder to those photos of right. air shows and not so judgy of them. <laughs> Right, right, exactly. No, it's I love it. Like, um, I have a nephew, and he's you know just uh, just a little guy. He's like, you know, a few years old now. And ever since he was a baby, I would like find some way to give him some sort of like aviation related gift for his birthday. Like it would be like a little snowboard snowbird stuffy, or mm-hmm. <laughs> it would be like a like a little um, book on search and rescue helicopters and things like that. Just kind of like, you know, in a little helicopter toy. And I'd be like, I'm, I'm not trying to influence him at all. No, <laughs> I guess so. I'm trying to do the same thing with my daughter too. And she's just like, oh, mom. But I, I mean, like I've, I've bought her, like I've taken her snowbirds. Um, I've gotten her like snowbirds hoodie. And I had her actually come out and see uh, Kathleen with the uh, jet and be shown around the cockpit and stuff. And she's like, I'm interested, but I'm like, I also like nails too, but it's like, it's, I'm trying, <laughs> but you know, it's still like she, you know, she, she'll do what she wants, but I feel like it's important to be exposed to these other things like aviation or engineering or science or technology. It's all super essential stuff for kids to be shown. Mm-hmm. No, and I think, uh, I mean, sort of, you mentioned Kathleen being Kathleen Leg and having the yeah. opportunity to go and be with her in a King Air and get to see what she does. I mean, like, how, how is that not inspiring? Oh, it's so cool. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. Now, currently you work as a senior marketing designer. What are some of the duties that this role entails? Uh, well, as a, it's a, as like a senior role, I'm responsible for like conceptualizing designs um, for marketing campaigns, for digital ads, for websites, trade shows, um, social media, and like renders and graphics and you know things that business development might need like if it's a like a one pager or a power powerpoint or heck even if they want like an instagram reel done up or video like it, it's really kind of like creating visual content for the business and what to you is the secret to sort of a great visual content campaign um, so I think for great, like for great visual content, it relates to like, it's like, how quickly can you get to the point? Like if it's, if you're, if it's a website, if it's a landing page and you're trying to bring clients to, you know, send a message to set up a business meeting or purchase a product or anything, it's like, how quickly can you show them this product and make them go, oh, gee, I really want this. And then move them forward to like a funnel into like a sailor or something. So it's, it's how, how well you can communicate an idea and as well as like visually, like you want to kind of get people excited about it and really kind of tell a story about it and, you know, have like a really nice clean looking professional product. Now, when you're putting together sort of a visual marketing campaign, do you sort of start with the idea and I guess what the intention of the campaign is, or do you maybe have something visually in mind first that you can sort of maybe later on attach to a larger campaign? Well, um, sometimes like depending on what kind of campaigns are coming through, um, if it's like a, like a trade show design or something, you know, we'll go back and kind of look at previous trade shows or we'll look around at like what other businesses are doing 
and sort of like do a bit of research on this product kind of product that we're going to be creating and then maybe we'll go into like making some mood boards and designs and things and just kind of like testing things out seeing what we like what looks good and this is all this all comes from like the brand like we always work with the brands uh visual identities and 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 then like start getting creative with that like if we're going to be you know using like a bit of black and white with topography lines and things like that so it, it starts with like you know, working with your brand, doing a bit of research, and then coming up with like concepts and mood boards, and then talking to your team, seeing what people think, and then taking those concepts and pushing them forward into, you know, some drafts and things. And then they go on for like, you know, edits and approvals, and then you go and do your finals, and then you like export those out. So it's a bit of a process. No, it definitely doesn't sort of seem to have that, uh, not necessarily timeliness, but it doesn't sound like it's something that's done in the course of a week. This is months in the making. No, uh, well, <laughs> it can be months in the making, like if it's a, like a big website or if it's, you know, if you have some time, but a lot of the time things will hit your desk on Monday and be expected to be at the door on a Wednesday or a Friday. So, or even like quicker, like it's the turnaround times can vary and there's a whole, like, they always ask us this question in an interview for being a designer. And it's like, can you multitask? And how do you work under pressure? <laughs> so. No, especially yeah. if, yeah, there's like a new campaign that's coming out. Yeah, you need to, you need to regardless your of your plans. Yeah, regardless yeah. of your plans, you need to be on your toes. Yeah, and then there's last minute things, revisions. <laughs> it's, it's it's interesting for sure. It's, it's, there's always like, there's always something on the go, something to do, so. Now, when there's maybe like, um, and this is going to sound very silly, but like when there's a meme trending, do you often have the opportunity to be able to incorporate that and how much time? I mean, they're, they're sort of uh, like a flash in the plan. They have to be done in a timely manner or else it, it's just kind of odd. I guess, how do, maybe this is a very silly question, but sort of how do memes maybe get incorporated into a lot of uh, visual design and kind of the visual feel for a company? Mm-hmm. Um, it depends on how fast moving things are within the company that you're with. Um, Some companies, they might be like, yep, yep, yep. We want this out the door right now. And then maybe you might be working with a company that's like, ooh, yeah, what's a meme? (laughs) Or or better yet, like, oh, I don't know. Like, I have to think about this and I got to check this with a few other people. And then by the time it's done its rounds, it's like too late. (laughs) So it happens. But I mean, there's, there's situated, like there was, I did a meme for PAL airlines one time and it was like the bernie the bernie mittens and <laughs> like i was so quick on that i was like we have to do this and they were like we were just thinking about that and it was like sure enough we were able to make the bernie mittens one <laughs> and let that come out he was sit- and and the same thing with um with mfc training the flight college also did the one with bernie mittens with him and a diamond and it was like so quick just made it happen and it was a lot of fun and you know but other times too like it's when it comes to like a meme, it's important to really like research it and make sure like, you know, wherever it's appearing or wherever mm-hmm. it's being used, that it's not like something that could potentially be offensive or upset some people or, or things like that. So there's a lot of like, while you have to be like kind of quick to stay on the trend, you also have to like also do like a bit of research and a bit of testing the water with like checking with other people in your team and stuff to make sure that what you're releasing is like is like fun and enjoyable and is at no point going to be like offensive or stress Mm -hmm. somebody out which you don't want so Mm -hmm. no you definitely want 
it to align with the values and I guess, yeah, yes. the, the, the core qualities of the company. And funny when we were sort of like, when I was thinking to ask this question, the meme that I was thinking of was the Bernie Mittens meme, but specifically yeah. the MFC photo yeah. that they had done. Cause I remember yeah. like thinking like, man, it, like that inauguration just happened. And here's Bernie sitting in a diamond next to an MFC student. And I remember thinking oh. like, man, they just got yeah. right on that. <laughs> oh, I, I was very excited. Like I originally made the meme for myself, for my friends and for my like followers on Instagram. I took one of my cyclone photos and I sort of like photoshopped one of the one of the sensor <laughs> operators. I am so sorry. <laughs> I I was gonna like you know I only had so much room, <laughs> but I had I put I replaced one sensor operator with Bernie um, sitting in the cyclone while it was doing like flyby with doors open. And I think I forget what the caption was. I think it was like he was sitting there looking like you know how he looks. And I think the caption was uh when they leave the doors open on a cold day or something because the photo was taken during a cold day <laughs> people love that like it was popping up everywhere like people were taking it and like posting it and stuff and I was like after like an hour of doing that one I was like you know what I'm gonna make these and pitch them and so I made one from or for MSC and they were like yep posting it and then I went made one for PAL as well and they were like yep posting it so it was fun it was great yeah, no, it'd you be know. fun to take part in something yeah. that sort of has, have, is having a cultural moment. That's fun. Yeah, exactly. Because like after, like I was going through all the different like tweets and stuff and it was like, it was all very like wholesome, very lighthearted. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it was, it was kind of fun. So it was like, and I knew, like I could tell that it was like being, it wasn't like something that was offensive. It was, it was just wholesome, like lighthearted. Yeah, no, and I would say I remember seeing that meme officially come out, or I guess not, they don't officially come out, they just suddenly organically happen. Up here. All I could think was like, man, maybe I should really be starting to wear mittens more, like my hands are always cold, maybe I need more mittens. Uh, mittens, I I just bought like two pairs of really warm mittens, um, and I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to use it for my camera, but my hands are going to be warm. <laughs> Previously, you have worked as a visual designer. How does this role compare to being a marketing designer? Uh, well, it's easier. It's it's pretty easy for designers to get lumped into like a one fits all solution. Um, sometimes we're expected to go above what our original skill set is, like when we're coming out of college and things. Um, and we could be, you know, more involved with like marketing coordination, social media, social media management, communications, coding, and um, geez, even sales in some situations. And um some I I always like get a little bent out of shape over it I'm like you know like especially if it's like communications and marketing and things like that like I always try to like say you know to people that may not know that you know graphic designer is is the graphic designer and they're these are the kind of things that they do a marketing you know like person is you know like this is the kind of things that they do and mm-hmm. um like a website development person is something else <laughs> and those are all three different you know, um, specific training and education. So, um, so it's kind of like, I always kind of like to get a little nerdy about explaining the different types of like graphic design. So like, like right now, like I'm a marketing designer, but, uh, previously as a visual designer, um, I would be responsible for, you know, like the whole visual identity of the brand in regards to like, like, yes, there's like brand, design and brand branding of a company but uh visual design is like visual identity systems so that's like 
that's your colors as far as it goes on a website as opposed like as well as how it appears on print how it appears like in threads and things like that but um for a visual identity it's you know it's going into like you're taking your brand standard guides that you would do as a graphic designer and you're bringing that into like your websites and your apps and your user experience and it's that identity so that the the look of the brand no matter what platform it's on it's it's you know it's like oh this is Canada Goose oh this is Canada like this printed brochure looks so much like the app and it's it's like that seamless um you know linking of all the the branded elements and a, a visual designer is more specific to working on digital assets such as like um it could be your website design it could be your anything that appears like digital ads it could be um like things functioning on the app and um like kangles done like thinking of all these things of like so many places but it's it's as well as um you know you're like how your how your brand appears in a trade show how it's going to look in videos on youtube and like youtube channels how it's it's it is on like social media like with your your stories and your reels and your posts and things like it just it's it's the brand across all platforms that's managed digitally is is it's more of a visual design a graphic designer is more like printed products brochures um branding um and like more like tangible items as opposed to digital assets so Mm -hmm. yeah now what campaign I guess sort of marketing whether it was specifically from a visual perspective or overall from a marketing perspective have you worked on that you are particularly proud of uh I think for me um you know, I, I think anything that I've done lately as far as like photo and video is is like really where I'm feeling pretty happy. Um, that's like doing a couple of like animated or not animated, but um, um, like video reels for airlines or, you know, developing like a whole photography look and feel for the airline. Like those are all things that I like I'm really proud of. It's just it's just like watching it get developed and, you know, take a look over time mm-hmm. that I get pretty excited about. Mm-hmm. Because you sort of end up, I would say maybe have, I guess, some sort of parasocial relationship with the the personality that's sort of created through the different visual mediums. I, right. I sort of, yeah. there's different airlines I could think of. I feel differently about them based on really how they're marketed or the visual aspect that you have. And while they may yeah. operate the same aircraft or fly the same <laughs> routes, I might have this sort of like maybe odd sense of familiarity or a personality even that comes from the branding surrounding it. So it it does play a huge role. Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, one thing that's been like, I've been getting really excited about is uh, Flair Airlines and their approach to social media is it's just so much fun. Like they're, (laughs) they're on TikTok (laughs) and um, their TikToks are like, they're tasteful and they're not offensive, but they're also fun you know, like it's, it's a professional, it's, it's clean, but it's a very nice 
an interesting, like they're getting a lot of hits on TikTok. Their they're, they're social media is getting very busy and it's like, they're, they're hopping on these trends very quickly, but they're, they're doing it so well. So they have like a fun and sort of like outgoing sort mm-hmm. of vibe to them. Like that's how they're, they're branded. Like if you look at the colors, like bright green and like the bold contrast between the green and the, and the black and then the white and the purple, like it's all very bold contrasting colors and it's like hey look at us you know like when when you see one of their planes land it's like oh yeah you know this flare and then you have like porter porter and like porter has such a like really nicely branded like they're they're just really nicely branded it's like they, they have like this sophisticated you know city sort of feel to them but then they're also like with the use of Mr. Porter like the raccoon mm-hmm. like it's very cheeky and it, it's it's fun so it kind of like instead of like being elegant and then stuffy it's it's elegant and fun so you know especially with like the little animated gifts that they have with Mr. Porter it was just so much fun so you have like this really nice like very designy design feel to it and then you have Air Canada with um, like even aeroplan and, and things like that is these beautiful illustrations really clean um professional looking but it's also very like inspiring like I, I think of it as like an, an inspiring brand like with the use of the like the beautiful photos and their like choices of fonts and things like it's just really neat and then air inuit with like this, the beautiful, beautiful, beautiful liveries. And mm-hmm. like, I hands down my favorite at like anything that like their website is just gorgeous. Like if you look at their, <laughs> this is like designer talk here, but if you look at their website, it's, it's like, like you think of like where they fly and it's up North wide open spaces. And then you look at their website and it's like, you could see that sort of translated into the design of the website with like the the white space, the like the thin bolt, like the thin large text and like the photos they use. Like, so you can see like the different personalities coming out with, with different ways that they, that they approach their, their brand. And it's just, it's really cool. I would say maybe the first time I, as a passenger before I was ever really in aviation was aware of sort of the like holistic branding and experience that this airline wanted to create for you was flying on Iceland air. Yeah. And I remember if I was flying in between, uh, I think Gatwick and uh, Halifax and while en route, we had to stop over in Reykjavik, but they had, I think the, the little drink napkins made a little, had a little note written on them, which was like, Leif Erikson had originally done this voyage. He did not have complimentary food and drink. So like, please speak <laughs> to your cabin crew if that's something you're interested in. And yeah. I was thinking like, what, like, how neat. And even the water bottles that they had uh, were, I don't know the brand offhand, but the ones that look like a little iceberg um, with a uh, bottle. And yeah. it, was, it was just so, so cute. Like, I don't yeah. want to say cute because that sounds like I'm reducing like the amount of work that went into it, but it just felt so wholly integrated and natural it really gave kind of a like welcome a a welcoming atmosphere even knowing that most of their passengers would be transient and probably not staying in Reykjavik yeah and you know and and it's it's pretty cool to hear that because um you know I've heard this many times through my like journey as a designer is that you know the best design things don't look designed like they Mm. just they're just there they're just they just work 
Now, what training would you suggest for someone wanting to work as a marketing designer? Uh, well, actually, uh, there's a few options out there. Uh, you can do a two-year program through a community college. I went to the College of North Atlantic in St. John's, Newfoundland, and it was uh, an amazing program. It was, it was a two-year college program, but the instructors that I had were just like so awesome. My photography instructor, like when I started that program, I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to be a photographer. Like, I'm not going to be able to do this photo. Like, I'm going to give up now. I'm not going to be able to do this photo course. But my instructor, Ray, um, my photography instructor, he was so awesome. And he, like, recognized that I had this, like, eye for photography. And he just, like, he just kept encouraging me and encouraging me. And then I, like, came out as, like, one of the more, like, you know, better, like, not better, but... I don't want to say like one of the more like really into it people for photography and the program and then um my design instructors John and Craig like they really just um you know for for like a community college program like where everybody kind of turns their nose up at and, and things like I, I I got like some of the best instruction and I'm I'm like I have all the like you know theory of design and and those sort of foundations but as a college I have the like the technical skills to like break broken in design files and you know pick up a new software really quickly like it's it's really cool um and then you can take it further you can do your uh you can do like your bachelor of design in university and you can go as like you can do your master of design and from there like you know, you can, you could go to like different, like you can do different types of like, I'm, I'm just trying to think of like, in, I want to say interior design, but like more like, um, like industrial design or, and, and like go that route. But um, for graphic design, like honestly, like to your community, community college program, like as long as you do your uh, research and that they're good, like that's all you need. It's like as designers, even though we graduate, and get jobs like we're still on Skillshare and you know YouTube trying to learn the latest thing and keep up with trends so it's it's a lifelong thing really and even sort of after you complete your studies you mentioned there's all these different uh resources available online and yeah. I, I assume that again trying to always keep up with the latest technology that there has to be uh, by no means am I trying to dismiss doing a uh, kind of secondary degree, but there yeah. has to be a lot of resources online as well, just to sort of aid in that lifelong learning. Yeah, exactly. Um, like videography, I never really, like in college, I like I was more into like doing motion graphics and like animating things and, and stuff like that and taking photography. And I was just like, I don't know what to make a video about. And um, during 2020, <laughs> my husband was deployed overseas for like, six months would turn into like nine months but um I was getting really bored because <laughs> I missed him and you know I was just like oh you know I'm like anyway so I, I decided to try to pick up videography because I was like you know I'm a photographer I could probably translate this into a skill and so I like went out and started like taking videos of like navy ships coming and going and things like that and really sort of like starting to like develop that skill and now it's like because of like doing the courses doing the research and doing like all these like test projects and things like that I've really like that's a skill that I can actually take to 
at an employer and be like, look what I can do. And like, I've done many videos and many reels and things like that since like, it's, you know, if, if you have that like creative and you have that passion and you just like take it and run with it, it's just, it's a skill. You learn it and then that's it, you know? So no, and I think every now and then I'll be doing something in my life, most often related to aviation. And I'll think that would just made a cool video. If only, uh-huh. I, like, if only I was, I guess, of a mind to know how to do that. So it's, it's good to know that there are resources out there if you want to learn that it's not that you yep. have to do, again, yeah. not trying to dismiss doing an official post-secondary uh-huh. program, but it's good to know that even just as a, like a casual interest that you, you have options out there to learn how to do it. Oh, I, absolutely. Again, I don't have those skills, but it'd be, it would be nice if I did. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you. I'm, I'm my, like the thing that I really want to do and I want to learn how to do is like how to fly a drone. And I have like a little DJI Mavic and I'm like, yes. And I have so many ideas. I have so many ideas and I'm like, oh my God, I just want to like take photos. And th- I am so scared of that thing. I am terrified of it. Like I will, i I get it like, you know, like 10 feet off the ground and I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm going to put it back and come back. I'm going to crash it or something. So um, that's my next thing is to learn how to like fly this drone that I'm scared to death of. That's Kathleen. She'll laugh. It's, I'm terrified of it. <laughs> I was just going to say, Kathleen seems like the obvious person to ask. Oh, she's so like great. She's, she's wonderful with the drone operations and things, but not me. Not me. I'm scared of them. I'd like watch. I'd like rather like watch other people. Like we had, um, we did some like drone video and I'd be like, okay, I want these shots and I want those shots and I want it done like a, the, this many frames per second. Like I can tell and I can direct, but I, I kind of rather do that. Like, especially like, you know, cause my little drones like just for like a hobbyist thing. And I'm, you know, it's, you know, it's nothing compared to like what Kathleen's working towards and like the the drone operators that I work with every now and again we're like transport Canada you know safety 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 all the you know important stuff so you know it's 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 cool though it's like I have so many ideas and I'm just like can you go fly this thing for me and I'll uh, just take the video from you <laughs> mm-hmm. and do this thing that I have an idea that we'll just collaborate <laughs> Well, I guess we will have to collaborate then once we have our new skills, you being with yeah. your own skills. And once I learn how to be a videographer, because I, I have this, yeah. uh, I, I have some ideas. That'd be fun. <laughs> now, how do you think your background in tourism and hospitality influences your art and design now? Um, well, you know, the tourism and the, like the hospitality, it, it's funny that that's the route I went to try to get into aviation originally. I kind of laugh about it now. I'm like, no, it's like, you know, like, sure, it's, it's helpful, but I, like, I was never, I was going to hit a dead end trying to, like, work in hotels thinking that was going to somehow get me to an airline, but I did, like, however, find it useful being a designer is, like, you know, working with, like, a regional airline or working for a mainline airline, like, having the interest in, like, you know, punching down into like these areas and the markets that these airlines serve um you know finding ways to like create content that is related to this destination or this hub of an airport and things you know like finding way like like finding a way to speak to the target market through that um you know it it really kind of taught me that like 
this sort of, you know, like this working here, working in this sort of field is like 90% passion and like 10% technical. And it all comes from like things that I love, it, like the hospitality, tourism, the aircraft, you know, it, it's all sort of like, it started here and then just kind of like ballooned out into here. So it's, it's cool. It, it like, it definitely helps. Mm-hmm. No, and especially this idea of wanting to sort of capture the feeling of a place or how to yeah. sort of speak to your target audience of a hub or I guess a potential route. Like there's an art to that and knowing yeah. sort of how to connect with travelers. Yep, exactly. Like it's, you know, creating hype and, you know, talking about like Moncton as a destination or Deer Lake as a destination or as a place to like you know west coast Newfoundland is absolutely beautiful um you know maybe somebody from British Columbia or Winnipeg or something who's not completely familiar with the east coast might not realize that Deer Lake is west coast Newfoundland and west coast Newfoundland is absolutely stunning and when you start saying oh it's when you start showing like photos of Gross Morn and photos of like Cornerbrook and the wildlife like Newfoundland and Labrador tourism is absolutely incredible they've won so many awards over the years it's just like it's kind of one of those things where you're like oh I want to be like that good <laughs> um for them but like to to know this from like having that interest and love of tourism and um hospitality you know for that area to be able to like incorporate that into like when you're pitching a route and you're promoting it it's like look how beautiful this place is you get here by this flight you land at this airport you you know drive or whatever and then you're at this beautiful place that you know you might not have thought about you might not have you might have not thought about that consider that for a destination and now through like marketing and and things it's like oh no, I really want to go there. At your core, you are an artist, be it through design, photography, or illustration. How have you honed those skills? And is there a particular facet that you find most interesting or rewarding aside from the videography? Um, so because like aviation and the industry is, is such a passion, um, I've really learned to like develop a, a speciality or a niche to use these skills that acquired that, you know, benefits the company that I would be working with. Um, and, and that's like understanding, you know, it's, it's cool. I feel so grateful to be able to say, okay, um, I'm going to go shoot a dash eight. And I know that I need to shoot at this particular shutter speed for my lens, for my camera body, for the speed, like to create that like blur in the propeller without it being blurry. <laughs> um, and, and to know that like certain times of the day, like, you know, like the, it'll really like it's either gonna pop or it's not, or my favorite. <laughs> and this is something that I'm particularly proud of is that, um, so I live in e the East Coast of Canada and I photograph all the planes on the East Coast of Canada. And East Coast of Canada does not love me as far as weather goes. <laughs> like I'm always, 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 always stuck with rain drizzle and fog what they call RDF like they that's the 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 
the nickname <laughs> that they use all the time for WX in St. John's is the old RDF. And um, I'm always stuck with this weather. Like if, if, if I'm shooting, if I'm trying to get a good photo of the cyclone flying by or trying to get a nice photo of the Navy ship leaving, it's like blowing a gale and drizzly and foggy. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm like, I, I'm here, I have to do this. Like if I'm at the airport and I'm on the ramp, and I'm trying to get like a nice photo of Dash 8 and it's crappy weather. It's like, well, um, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. I'm going to be flying back to Halifax. I have to shoot this photo now. Um, <laughs> so I've learned to really lean into uh, these, this crappy weather. <laughs> so um, I've really like found a way to develop a, like a, a look and a style and make it really dramatic for mm. being a crappy day. <laughs> Just a regular old crappy day. So that's like one thing that I, I really love. I say, well, whatever eye you have for that and being able to take sort of the weather of maybe not the not the best day for flying uh, and turn it into something so beautiful like that, just for me and I guess my aesthetic, I always love getting to see a dash eight and then have this dramatic sky in the back. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, it just adds so much of not just, I mean, there's always something to be said for like a beautiful sunny day or even yeah. a nice sunset, yeah. but there's something about a really dramatic sky in the background that really works for me. So I think that's maybe why I'm so drawn to your photography is because yeah. I, I, I like how they look. <laughs> oh, great. And that's like, I, you know, I, I love to, it just feels like, you know, it's more adventurous. It's more like, this is where we're at. We're, you know, in these areas and sometimes weather's not that great and you know like when I think of east coast I think of like you know winds blowing waves you know really rough and those clouds and the fog <laughs> so I feel like it, it's like almost like branded to like airlines flying around here so mm-hmm. yeah now how much time is there between taking a photo and revealing the final product Oh, good one. So um, on the clock, <laughs> um, I need to be quick because marketing is usually waiting, you know, in anticipation for new images to use. Uh, so pretty quick. Um, so like between professional and personal, um, you know, I could be 10 minutes with a photo, like just on the camera, on the, like off to the laptop, boom, back to whoever needs it. Or, you know, I could be spending hours on one image. And, you know, I could be editing while I'm on a flight, at a gate, in the car, you know, on the couch, sitting next to my husband while he's playing video games or something like it's, you know, it's, it's fun, but it's, it, it could be very quick or it could, it could be, it could take a while. It depends. Like how much work do I want to put into this image? Preferably I like to put a lot of work into all images, but the reality is like, you know, images need to be taken in and sent off so they can be put into like marketing or Mm-hmm. or social or wherever they whoever is paying for it needs it to be now what are some of the more common points that you have to do when you're sort of in that editing stage are there I guess does it change photo to photo day to day or are there certain uh, I guess refinements that you do that are consistent um so a lot of it is like going in and you know straightening everything so like nothing <laughs> nothing drives me nuts more then if like my images, like if the horizon's kind of like lopsided or, you know, like crooked or, or whatever, or if I had like, if there's buildings in the background and they're kind of like, they start like the, the, like the line on the side of them goes off to like 
different directions, like they're like really warped or skewed. Um, I like to like take care of the keystoning, which is what that is. It's like, you know, making a rectangle look like a rectangle and not like a, like a, like a large rectangle on one end and short rectangle on the other. Like it's straightening out all the different lines and things within the image. And then after that, I would go into like color correcting, making sure that, um, you know, the tones and everything are sort of evened out. The like contrast is evened out, shadows and the lighting, not lighting, but like the whites and the darks are like evened out and balanced and things. And then after that, I will go into being a little creative and artistic with it. And depending like, you know, where's it going? Does it need to be moody? Does it need to be more like toned back a bit? Or like, is this, you know, like you have to kind of look to where it's going. Does it need to be more like, is it going in like a brochure, like a technical thing? So it's like kind of looking at where it's going and then editing for that. Hmm. Now, uh, I'm very lucky. I have two best friends and one of them is particularly great at aviation photography. And awesome. I've had the time, to- I've had the chance to go with him to the airport over the years. And it's always very fun for me when he hands me the camera. Cause I just get to take a bunch of terrible photos intentionally. Um, ah. it, no, it, it, it's almost fun for me to say, I'm, like, sure I'm going to intentionally <laughs> put my finger over the lens and <laughs> kind of screw it all up because, cause it drives him nuts. Um, but there, there's an art to being able to do aviation photography. And I guess I'm, I'm asking what, what's the secret to the perfect aviation photo? Honestly, you know, this, this could have many um, answers. It like, it could be a technical answer. It could be like a, you know, color grading technique. How unique is it? Um, honestly, but you know, for myself and like over the years of just like consuming aviation photos, taking aviation photos, comparing to aviation photos and then just like eat sleep breathe aviation photos um to me like what like the secret to an excellent photo is you know creating that image that tells a story and subsequently in that when posting that image telling that story (laughs) you know following it up giving something for people to like oh it's you know you get lost in that image and then oh there's stuff I can read about on it too um not to say that's that's what I do all the time I don't but you know it's it's for me it's like it's just capturing that moment to a point where someone looks at it and goes oh you know wow like you know this is like really cool like that this this beautiful yellow airplane landing in like snow and it looks like it's a military aircraft and what's it doing there and it's like oh I see it's you know it's you know, it's in this area, so maybe it's doing this thing, or it's going off over there, or whatever, like, it's not going to go into any specifics, but, um, you know, or, like, um, like, there was a photo I took of um, the CF-18 Hornet when it came to Halifax, and it was, like, just parked there, and it had the uh, canopy up, and it had um, the pilot, and he was, like, handing something to the, the ramp, person and they were like laughing and it's like yeah it's like oh they're like you know like you see like a little bit of a story there and it's like it wasn't even like the greatest photo but it was like interesting to look at and it's like and oh my absolute favorite is um like the helicopter and you have like the two um asops you know with their like sitting on the edge with their legs dangling and you can tell right there it's like oh they're in the military they're heading off to deployment and like they look pretty excited about it you know it's 
it's those little things. It's like that to me is what makes a photo is like when you're telling a story. Now, when you take a photo like that, especially one that has a story or that you can start to maybe infer and be in that moment yourself, I guess, are you, how are you hoping you maybe connect with the viewer? Um, you know, I, well, for me, it's, um, like, I absolutely love the military because, like, a military spouse or a military family, and I'm, like, I love to, you know, promote, I guess you could say it best I can, <laughs> support the military and, and things. So, like, I like to go out and capture moments like that and this like this can be applied to aviation and this can be applied to like you know doing corporate photos and things and it's like it's like I'm really passionate about this specific thing and I want to like take really awesome photos like the best I can because I'm like you know really passionate about this and I want to share that passion with you on the uh, other end of the phone <laughs> scrolling through so that's um you know, like, I will try, like, I will try different perspectives, and, like, if there's, like, something I haven't seen other people do, I might want to try um, doing, and, um, like, recently, um, when the ships are deploying, I would always shoot from, uh, like, Purdy's Wharf, um, so I could, you know, I could, I could see them when they're coming off, when they're slipping from the jetty and stuff, and, you know, shoot them as they're going, and, and there would be like, you know, sometimes there would be like a cyclone, and it would be pretty cool. And um, then I realized, like, it's like, you know what? Like, I want to like make this. I want to like involve more in this. So then I went to uh, Pier Twenty One, I think it is, and I I went to the Pier Twenty One wharf there, and I would wait until the ship got to where there was another pier with all the like military families, kind of like standing there holding signs and flags and things like that you know, wishing their loved ones, you know, fair winds. And I would purposely shoot so that the ship would be there and they would be like kind of blurred in the foreground and then it would tell the story that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can just, I'm sort of just visualizing yeah. it speak about it, but yeah, no, that it definitely adds other elements as opposed to just sort of seeing the ship in, in motion. You have to yeah. see, see the ship in motion and have a sense of what it's doing. Yeah, exactly. Like I love to get them when they're waving. Um, there was actually a photo I took. That's where I'm going off away from the aviation here to uh, more of like military and naval. But um, um, so when HMCS Fredericton returned from their deployment in 2020, which was, you know, which was a very unfortunate, you know, situation where the uh, where their cyclone had crashed and they lost six members, um, which was like really, really hard, hard hit to our, like the, the East Coast and the Mar Maritime helicopter, and especially like the community that I live in because we live so close to Shearwater and we live amongst, you know, like all these families and things. So it was like, it was just brutal. Um, you know, like I, like, I think my heart was broke like the whole time from when it happened to like, you know, well to now, but you know, just really like, just really sad. And um, I wanted, like, I was there shooting photos for like, you know, when they left and um, you know, I felt it was really important that I would also shoot them coming back because um, 
you know, I wanted to show my support. I want to show my support. When they left, I want to show, show my support. When they came home and there was like, I, I was just like, I just want to support you guys by doing what I do best and what I can do. And, and that's like, try to take a really good photo for, you know, you to share, like anybody to share family to like people to see, you know, these people coming home and how bittersweet that is. And there was this one photo I took and it was like shot straight on to the uh, aft of the ship to the, like the, the helicopter deck. So that would be on the, like the, the back of the ship. And they had the, uh, like the, the fencing up and all like the people, like all the, like the ship's company would stand, um, you know, like kind of scatter throughout the ship, but the, the, a lot of them would stand on like the after the ship and like towards the like where the the helicopter deck is and stuff there was there was just a line of them and I shot straight on and it was really like kind of cropped in so like all you saw was like a bit of the ship the fencing and then just like all these people on the ship and some of them looked like they were like wiping away tears some were waving some were smiling some looked relieved some looked like like there was just all different emotions just scattered, like just in a line, all these people, like all this for the ship's company. And like, it became such a, like, it, like I put it on Twitter. Cause I was like, everybody look at these, look at these people, like look their back, you know, like thank goodness they're home, um, you know? And uh, when I put it on Twitter, it's, it really like, it just woof, took off. <laughs> like. Um, it was shared by Kathy U.S. and it was shared by the Minister of National Defense. It was shared by the uh, commander of the Royal Canadian Navy. Um, I think it was retweeted by like the CDS and stuff. And it was like, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I took a photo that like completely encompassed like the, the feeling and the mood of that day. Like, like it just blew my mind that, you know, and I felt kind of grateful I was able to take that but I was also even more grateful that I was there to like be there and be supporting them in the best way I could so no and as much as sort of the photography we've talked up until now or talked about until now has been more fun and commercial yeah avi- uh, sorry not aviation uh, photography captures moments from life right and that includes the the upsetting moments or the moments that bring us and the moments that really bring us together and yeah I remember when that ship came home and it was it was a big deal even as a person not on the east coast it was it was moving to watch the footage on cbc that night so i yeah. can imagine having been there in person and then having captured really the, the the tone of the day and the wide range of feelings that everyone was having and all the mixed feelings people were having it would be um a very moving experience to be a part of and then mm-hmm. to have taken a photo that really captured the day i mean that's how do you describe that other than just feeling maybe grateful to have been there? Grateful to have been there, but it was also very overwhelming. Like it was hard, it was hard to like look through the viewfinder and shoot the photo when you were like kind of tearing up yourself because you were surrounded by, you know, like amongst being on this sharing a jetty with families who were just like, oh, you know, like little kids being like, daddy or mommy or and just being like, oh my God, my heart is just gonna like, you know, it was, it was unreal unreal but it was it was amazing like there were so many people just yelling out welcome home welcome home and it was like it was 
truly bittersweet. Now, who is someone in aviation you admire and why? Um, I have a few, actually. Um, I really admire Wanda Clark from Pal Airlines, and she's on Twitter. Um, she's really brought a lot of focus, like, on her Twitter um, to her photos of, like, I think it started off where she'd be, like, flying, and um, she would just, like, snap a photo with her cell phone of a certain place in Newfoundland, if it was Holy Red or St. John's or whatever, and she posted on Twitter, and then, like, you know, those very passionate Newfoundlanders would see that and be like, oh, can you shoot my city next or, or whatever? Because obviously, like, if, it, if she was flying over Nova Scotia, I'd be like, oh, can you take a photo of the valley or something? Like, you know, it's a lot of people got really excited about that because they've always wanted to see where they lived, like, you know, from the sky or whatever. It's like, oh, cool. It's like, it's just a different perspective. Um, so she took off, took right off on, on Twitter and she started posting like videos and photos. And it was really, really, really exciting because not only was she like drawing attention to like beautiful Newfoundland, beautiful, you know, like all the roots that Pal flies, but she was also like drawing attention to the fact that she was a woman pilot. And it was like, yes, <laughs> you know, it's perfect. And I mean, I, I just, I love everything she does. Like she's, she's like, she's just awesome. Like she's just wonderful. Like on Twitter, like if, if you're not following her, you gotta follow her. She's it's uh, at Wanda YYT. Um, and you know, my like Kathleen Lake, I'm, you know, like I have, she was really like one of the first people that I met uh, getting into the industry and um, she's just been so wonderful for like you know just like that person that you know in the industry if I have questions I can ask her and stuff and I, like from more of like a like an aerospace and defense side of things um, Eva Martinez who actually was like I believe she was like the first woman who participated in a UN peacekeeping mission which is pretty amazing, like, um, you know, many years ago. And um, she's just, an, like, she's, uh, she's, like, one of the head people of women in aerospace Canada, the Atlantic Division. Just an amazing person, and I am so grateful to have her as a mentor. And, um, and you know, all the ladies flying for Porter Airlines, like, just wonderful people, Megan, Kate, um, oh my goodness, uh, Amy, Lisa, and, um, and, and at an inspirational level, Kat and Jen Casey, absolutely. Just an amazing, amazing, like lasting impression, like someone that I would aspire to um, for, you know, being creative and, in, in this type of industry. Now, I know some of the women that you've mentioned, and but not all of them, but the, the ones that I do know, you sort of, uh, there's this common theme throughout all of them, which is that they have this ability to really be authentic and connect with people. And it's those moments that make this industry so great is that you can be all locked down. You can be all over the country, all over the world. And there's, the ability to still connect with each other and to have those genuine human connections and it, it makes all the difference in aviation it's it's easy to yeah. see why all those are women that uh, you admire and are inspired by yeah exactly 
it's it's great. A lot of great people out there. Uh, and sort of touching on Captain Jen Casey specifically, uh, maybe it's because I wasn't really plugged into the Snowbirds too too much, but right. she was not a name that I knew of until the accident that happened. And sort of seeing the influence she had and the way that she had inspired so many who are creatives in aviation, I. I don't think that can be understated. It's a it's an incredible legacy to have left, but uh, obviously sad that there has to be a legacy at all. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, honestly, like it, she she like it, 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 it kind of brings me back to the whole like passion. Like mm-hmm. it's major drive is the like the passion, and she was so passionate, and you know, like she like I remember her posting images of like being in like. Uh, Photoshop or InDesign working on something for the snowbirds and I'm like oh my gosh this is so cool I'm just nerding out right here just looking at your post and um but I, I, I was even more excited that she was from here in Halifax she was actually my next door neighbor like because I live in a semi and my neighbor in the other half of the semi that we house semi house that we <laughs> share um she's uh she was a journalist and she actually worked with Jen before she you know, went on to be in the military and um, I like, like her just, it's just, you know, she has so many amazing, like she thought so highly of her and it was like, it's just everywhere she went, she, she left like a legacy, really like just a, an incredible person. And I always thought it was really cool that she was from Halifax. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm Halifax too. Like, that was so cool. And you know, it's, it's just it's so sad. But my gosh, did she ever leave a legacy? Now, what advice would you have for someone who would like to work within aviation marketing? Um, you know, I, I would say really get to learn the industry, get to learn all the like the different areas that people work within this industry. If it's, you know, if it's aviation, you know, like your, your AMEs. Uh, your flight followers, your, um, you know, pilots, flight attendants, obviously, and then like, you know, less traditional roles, like, my gosh, like aircraft groomers. I mean, I always make a point, like, if there's, if I'm on, if I'm shooting, uh, I, I always want to get a photo of like an aircraft groomer doing their thing, because that is super important, especially now. And, um, you know, learn about aerospace versus, you know, an ISR like intelligence surveillance reconnaissance with aircraft um, or, you know, if you want to like, there's also like looking into OEMs such as like Viking or de Havilland um, or like airlines, or even like if, if you want to work for a company that supports tech in the mil- tech for like the military, such as like Lockheed Martin, who, you know, have the, uh, the Herc, the good old Herc <laughs> or the F-35, you know, like there's, there's so many different areas or, or like you can even like go work for Sky's Mag, you know, like they have graphic designers there. They have like, it's pretty cool. Like there's, there's so many areas you can work as a designer within the aviation industry that, you know, like I would have never thought of until I got to really learn the industry. One thing that I've been so pleasantly surprised by in doing this podcast is that I get to always learn about new roles of the aviation and it really does seem like whatever you are interested in there is some way to do it with aviation and I guess from a marketing perspective if you find what it is that 
really interests you within marketing or whether it's, as you said, a particular manufacturer or a particular aircraft, there's yeah. ways of, there's ways of making it happen. So I, I, I'm just excited to sort of think of all the different possibilities. Oh, there's, there's, I, you know, it's, it's funny when I first started, um, I think like what, what really kickstarted me story time, <laughs> I think what really kind of like kickstarted, like me wanting to do to get into aviation was, um, I was working, uh, like as an intern for the town of Conception Base out in Newfoundland as like a graphic design, like after, like just before I graduated, I was working like as an intern and, um, they were like, oh, um, so we're going to have the snowbirds come to CBS and we'd love you to make a poster. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like the snowbirds, I haven't seen them in like forever. And I was like, oh, I want to make this poster. And that really just like, you know, like that started it. And um, my husband, surprise, surprise, was deployed at the time. And um, when I started working on it, I was like, oh my gosh, I want to do more of this. And then I did like this really crazy illustration of the Canada 150 jet, the CF-18 demonstration jet. And then I like did like another really nice illustration of the snowbirds. And then I did like a water bomber and then I did a herc. And then I was like, you know, I just want to do this all the time. And so I really like kind of like redirected everything towards, um, I bought like a big lens and started going down to like the airport and started to figure out how to shoot photos. And um, I think uh, like it, I was like, when I was looking for jobs, I was like, I think, I, I don't know where I was at the time. I think I was at the university and I was just like, man, I want to like, I want to work in aviation. I like really, really do. I just don't think there's anything here in Newfoundland. <laughs> On was I, there was like, I didn't realize at the time, but there was um, like Palo Aerospace space there, Palo Airlines, Air Borealis, all of them. And then in Halifax, there's like IMP, there's Jazz Aviation, there's um, Lockheed Martin, and many more. And I, I just never thought that until I started like really looking into it. And I was like, there's actually a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff out there that I would have never thought of. Now, would you please share with me a favorite memory or highlight from any point in your career so far? Um, my best experience so far is like traveling to Goose Bay uh, with Air Borealis. Um, I, I was already like excited to go to Goose Bay because my husband had spent like a month up there one time and, you know, he was saying there's like, there's Northern Lights, there's, you know, it's, it's a beautiful spot, um, but it's also like, you know, Labrador like I've never been to Labrador and I like I already like I already knew there was like a military base there and I was always kind of like interested in that because I wanted to get like the coin <laughs> or the patch or something um but I I got the opportunity to go up there in October with um like end of September early October with uh, Air Borealis and um it was a lot of fun getting there I like I, I think I, I like left Halifax, had a stop in Moncton, went to Wabush and then ended up in Goose Bay. So I got to fly in like a different area. Like it was just, it was interesting there. I actually met the, uh, in Wabush when I was like about to get like switch flights to go from uh, uh, like from the, 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 the Moncton flight to like switch to go to the Goose Bay flight. Um, I met the uh, social media manager for the Atlantic Lottery Corporation. And uh, we were just like, they're just like talking shop about like, you know, creating stuff for like brands for like social media stuff. It was, it was like, it was really neat. I, I thought that was like the coolest thing. Um, 
but it was absolutely amazing. I got into Goose Bay and I was just like, oh, you know, it's like, it's really cool up here. It's a little colder because <laughs> it was like, you know, getting the foot, it was already like fall colors. And um, I was like, sh- like photographing twin otters, twin otters, like what, like the workhorse of the North, um, just an amazing aircraft. And I've never like had a chance to really like be so close to the twin otters. And they were just like constantly coming and going, coming and going. It was like twin otters all day. And I was photographing them. That was for Air Borealis. And I was having so much fun with that. But the absolute amazing moment was on the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, um, especially around like Every Child Matters. I got to hop on a twin otter and fly up the north coast of Labrador. So I went from um, I went from uh, Goose Bay to Riglet, uh, Riglet to um, Hopedale, uh, um, Maine, like the different little communities. I'm trying to think of all of them because we went to so many different little spots, and it was like ten minute flight, twenty minute, twenty minute flight, thirty minute flight. And we would like land on these very short gravel runways, um, flying over like mountains, like the, you know, like the Northern Labrador, like um, mountains and like landscape. And it was just incredible. And it was incredible. And I got to meet all of these different people and all of these different um, stations. And it was so quick. (laughs) I went like we would land. And then I would like grab my camera gear and hop off the plane and go run it up to like the little tiny, little tiny um, um, airport that they had and like get to meet the people and like quickly take their picture and then stuff all my stuff back in the camera before like everything was, like, everybody was loaded off the plane and we're talking like, like a twin otter. So it was like, it was like super quick, you know, because everybody just hop off and then someone else hops on and um, I, I, I don't think there was like, I, like every single moment I was, we were flying in this twin otter. We weren't even really that high off the ground because like the ceiling wasn't very high. So we were like, kind of like underneath the ceiling going up. And I, I, I just, I couldn't believe it. I was like, like, it was almost like practically life-changing. It was just so beautiful. And just to see these communities and like see the little boats like going in the harbor, like going out fishing and stuff. And, um, you know, like the people waiting at the airport for their family and stuff. Like it was just, it was like, like the, the most incredible experience definitely that I've had. Like I, I would love to do it again in better weather because surprise, surprise, it was crappy weather <laughs> for me as usual. So moody and dramatic photos it was. Um, but I, I, I couldn't get enough of it. And to be like, it was such... It was so um, amazing to be doing this on the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation because once we went back up to, once we got up to Maine, um, we flew back down to Goose Bay because that was the uh, flight coming back. And we got to go attend um, like a ceremony in the park in Goose Bay for the National Day of Truth and Reconciliation. It was like amazing. It was just, I would have never been able to experience that without having to go on that trip and like shoot the photos and stuff it was just it was amazing really got to learn a lot of things and you know get to see different places and meet different people it was just really cool 
No, and I think the fact that uh, we now have the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation that last year, 2021, was the first time that was a nationally yeah. observed holiday. Yeah. I think it it you are encouraged to to reflect and think about your relationship to Canada and Canada's relationship to Indigenous communities. And yes. I think to, to have an opportunity on that day, the first day that we're mm -hmm. observing this, to be included in the ceremony and to really find that time actually rather not just to find the time but to be part of that moment yeah. um, I mean what a how could you top that in terms of being able to acknowledge and take part in that day and observe that day going forward it, you, you you sort of hit it out of the park on the first one yeah yeah absolutely um I would love to be able to do it again next year um you know do the exact same thing go right up the coast and back it would be amazing with better but, uh, yeah and the other fun thing was uh the the water otter that they had there um in goose bay um <laughs> i like i think i had like finished everything um as far as like i had gone up the coast had attended the ceremony and then there was still a little bit of time left and i was like oh i'm gonna go down and see if i can catch the the water otter <laughs> the, the you know the twin otter with the floats and um that's just my nickname for it um and I like Brianna was flying and um, that was there. Like they would go to like different fishing camps and things like that. It was like a chartered twin otter to go to these different places. And um, I was like, if I get back, I might catch them. Cause I never photographed a twin otter on floats before. And I just really wanted to do that. Um, so I went down to the um, otter Creek and um, met with the, uh, like the, the ramp, person that like tends to the Otter Creek station and um it was funny because like he's like yeah you're gonna you stand right here he's like stand right here and you're gonna see them come around this way and they're gonna come right at you just over this way and you know you'll be able to get a good shot of them or whatever and I was like I wasn't thinking about it I was like okay cool yeah I'll get a good shot like I just did not like brain function that <laughs> into like to what it was exactly it was to experience <laughs> and um so I'm there and I got the camera up and I see them like kind of come around the bend, um, like sort of in front of me. And I think at that, like, I, I, I have the photo of it too. When, like, when the pilot, when she saw me, like I had that photo of her face, like, ha, huh, there she is. We're going to like, we're going to, you know, do something fun here. So they, <laughs> they came around and they came up towards me and they flew low enough for me to be like, Oh, is today the day I die? <laughs> so, I mean, it was just like, it was nothing near, like, you know, it wasn't low, like at all. It was just, it felt like that because, you know, I'm used to being like, where the heck over there when a plane lands or something. So it was just like another, like crazy, like, oh my gosh, I want to do that again moment. Like, you know, um, I'd actually like to go for a flight on the float. It's just the weather again, just kind of like ruin that one for me but um I just need to go back to Goose Bay <laughs> that's what I'm hearing yeah yeah I just need to go back um um uh, like from an, like an aviation enthusiast pers like perspective um Goose Bay is pretty wild because they get a lot of like interesting aircraft um they get like like um, delivery flights might stop there to fuel up before they go over go over the Atlantic um they get a lot of like military like stop in for the night or whatever before they continue on to wherever they're going um and when I was there we had an A400 come in and it's like a like a British uh 
for prop um, military cargo transport aircraft. That came in and I was like, oh, it's one of my favorite aircraft. And I was like, gotta photograph it, gotta photograph it. And that was so cool. And then um, in Antonov um, 124, this or 224. Um, it's like, it's two jets, not four jets or six jets or whatever the other crazy one is. Four jets, I think. It's like, it's a massive aircraft, but it's not like the, the biggest one. And that came in and I've never seen and Antonov like that before. And like, I went with a friend um, and we went and actually uh, went like right up to like where the light, like the fence and the lights were to like stand under it. And it like flew over us and we could like shake the car and everything. It was just really cool. Like cool spot for like AV geeks for sure. There's no shortage of cool moments in aviation, especially when it comes to, I would say, yeah, being, at the approach path watching planes come in and go yeah and yeah no it's it, it's just fun to be there I feel like you're you're on the move even though you you haven't left yeah exactly exactly yeah it's just you know it's just no shortage of like moments where you're like oh that was really cool that was really cool and you can tell who like the AV geeks are like amongst the crowd like um I was yeah. at MSC for something and I think there was a few executives there <laughs> you know like this uh jet was uh came around the corner to take off and we were like on the apron and like we all were like we're all discussing something and then it like was lined up to take off and we all just sort of like stopped talking turned and like watched it take off and then turned back and like resume chatting again <laughs> so I love those moments I do <laughs> now before we wrap up today where can our listeners find you on social media sure um so I I like if you want to see like lots of uh, aviation photos and like videos and things like that, you can find me on Instagram at Carlia, which is K-A-R-L-I-A-A. And if you are a Twitter person, you can find me on Twitter at Carlia underscore B. So it's at K-A-R-L-I-A-A underscore B. And I also exist on LinkedIn. Sometimes I post photos there or images there too. And that's just Carly Barker. We will be sure to have all those links in the episode description for our listeners. Carly Barker, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. The Holding Short Podcast is a production of Holding Short Media. The show is written and hosted by me, Laura Matheson, and edited and produced by Cameron Bokoff. Our music is an original composition of Riley Searles. If you would like to learn more about the show, the Holding Short podcast is on Instagram and Facebook at Holding Short Media. Please subscribe, rate, and review us.